Greetings. Greetings. It's from a. It's from a. A, a video that my roommate posts every week and that's, they'll be mad at me if I don't say that at all again, in the Halo video. you could argue that's also a line from Halo. Greetings. Technically, yeah. yeah. We're starting with me quoting Halo. Excellent. Because yeah. I am a Halo expert and know everything <laughs> about the franchise. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Original Podcast Do Not Steal. My name is Amber Autumn. My name's Prince Chloe. Devin. Oh, shit. We talked over each other. I'm Chloe. I'm a guest. <laughs> If I'm editing the episode, I'll sync it up so it sounded like we didn't talk over each other. But if Amber's editing the episode, then yeah, we just talked over each other. So, uh, fun! I think that if I were editing the episode, I would normally edit it so that it sounds better. But I think in this case, since you've said it, it's funnier to just leave it with all of the awkward bits in. Too late, it's canon now. (laughs) It's canon. Uh, original podcast Do Not Steal is a weekly podcast in which every week Devin and I, um, and sometimes, including this week, a special guest star, um, take your favorite and or least favorite intellectual properties and we make an original character in that property, um, uh, which often Devin and I do alone, but sometimes um, we have a property that we don't really know that much about, and in that case, we like to bring on a, a guest. Um, and so this week we are talking about Halo, um, the, you know, 2008 love of every gamer's life apparently allegedly um and 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 neither of us know that much about that other than that we've both seen the brian david gilbert video about it so we have chloe here to 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 talk to us about halo i need a weapon (laughs) yes hello before we get to that though um you're new to the show and so as a little introductory thing we like to do when we have a new guest on is we like to ask them um chloe what's one thing that you think is overrated and one thing that you think is underrated Oh my god. Um, I was ambushing you with that one. You fully ambushed me. Is this Halo related? It doesn't have to be. Never mind, everything's Halo related. Something that is overrated is Halo Wars 2. And something that is underrated is the narrative arc of the Flood being literally the wrath of God in the background lore. Boy, are you going to have any things to say about halo and religious metaphors in this video so much that's basically from a series named halo Mm -hmm. yes okay well um uh devin do you want to say a couple words about halo since you know a couple things before we let chloe take over and just just tell us about halo karen travis is a very good author she excels at telling soldier stories and understands that the military does not exist to help soldiers while also lifting up individual soldier stories. She does a better job at handling Clone Wars than Dave Filoni. If you would all like Clone Wars, read Republic Commandos. This again about her Halo novels, which are like the only bit of Halo that I ever cared about because it's an author I like. And apparently, the Sung Shayu used to fuck on the reg long and hard. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> Bless. Okay, so, um, Chloe, what is Halo, and why do you care about it? Okay, so Halo is uh, a game that I think you can say saw its heyday in the early two, uh, early to late two, the the whole two thousands. Yeah, it's a game about uh, spacemen fighting aliens. There's lots of, um, you know, religious symbolism. Not only religious symbolism, but also just, like, actual subjects on religion. Um, and 
at its core, I'd say Halo is a space opera. And yeah, it's got a very mythic feel to it. And I think that's what always kind of drew me to it. You know, the fucking main menu song being the Gregorian chant. It's, yeah, so cinematic and lovely. And I think it's drawn me in more than other sci-fi settings have. Um, yeah. That's, that's... When I was in high school, we had this class called Fine Arts Connections, um, which was just about, like, reading inter... Um, I guess intertextuality in in art. Um, and I do remember one of the examples was that they brought up the Halo music as an mm. example of Gregorian chant in <laughs> like contemporary video game, you know, then contemporary video games. Mm-hmm. So I've I've got the Halo music. I know that one. I feel like over yeah. the course of the more we talk about Halo, the more I'm like, oh, maybe I do know one or two things about Halo for some reason. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing is I think at least in people of roughly our age group that have been online um you know there's bits and pieces of halo that have kind of seeped into the online culture that was building itself in the 2000s and so i think it's in a way i think it's almost like um a song by a popular band that you hear it every now and then and you know most of the words to the chorus but you have no idea who made it until someone says hey that was this band yeah that makes because like like Halo was uh, like the the prime focus of uh, machinima um, and like red versus blue and all these like early founding parts of internet culture um, in ways that were like honestly even like slightly before my time, but like I very much built up the blocks of like what YouTube comedy like like red versus blue started gaming YouTube. It was like the the preeminent gaming YouTube video, which is now like this entire. Like, like one of the biggest categories on on the website. Yeah, very culturally influential. And, um, yeah. Red and also, versus... it just, like, sounds like Mountain Dew to me. I just, like, picture Halo, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, the Mountain Dew game. Yeah, you see, in my mind, Halo is less the Mountain Dew game, and not so much, like, Call of Duty is the Mountain Dew game in my brain. That makes sense. Modern Warfare 2? Yeah, there you go. So... What is it, like, about? Oh, I know right. there's space zombies, but yes. I don't, like... Like, <clears throat> all I know is there's space zombies, and at some point, Samus takes off her suit, and she's a girl. Ah, uh, yes. I'm fucking with you on that one. Montier. Don't. Um, yeah, no. Um, oh, you've just reminded me of Haloid now. I'm gonna have to watch that after this. But yeah, Halo, there's... Um, people in space people live in space because it's the future and there's these aliens and they're religious aliens they are religious extremists um that want to kill the american humans um because the first game was written in the early 2000s and um yeah uh the aliens also want to activate these magic rings that are like big rings and there's like a planet on the interior of the ring it's a ring world um thus halo exactly and the rings are called the halo rings and the covenant the aliens believe that uh if they activate the halo rings they will go to heaven um which is not entirely wrong because the halo rings are actually um super nukes that when they're all activated will wipe out all life in the galaxy um because they were made by an ancient alien civilization 
um, that designed the rings in order to defeat the Flood, who are these terrifying space zombies. And the space zombies can also learn to shoot guns and drive cars and fly spaceships and uh, also time travel. Um, So that's why the ancient race had to build the halo rings to annihilate themselves so that the flood wouldn't control them and time travel and destroy the universe. And anyway, in the games of Halo, you play as a guy called Master Chief, who is a man in a big suit of armor, and he kills aliens. That's... (laughs) What a turn on that last sentence there. Yes. And I think a testament to how much this is like a massive expanded universe with huge background lore that you don't see much of in the games. (laughs) But the games are still thick with uh, themes and aesthetics that I adore. So I'm hearing all of that, and obviously that's an enormous amount of religious imagery that's jumping out at me right off the gate. You know, the flood, the covenant, like every every single word that you've said there is a Bible reference. Incredibly intentional, yeah. Um... Master Chief's actual name, or I guess like designation, is when he was recruited to become the Master Chief, uh, his name was John 117. John 117 is a citation of the Bible, um, and I cannot remember the Bible quote off the top of my head, I'm not that much of an expert, but um, something something about a guy killing people, basically. Sure. So here's my two questions. One yes. um, is uh, there's a lot, all of this religious imagery, uh, is it towards any particular purpose? Like, is there a statement that they're making with all of that religious imagery? So, is there I mean, a... I wouldn't, there's not like an overt statement that I think is obvious necessarily from the games. I think ultimately it's just, it's a space opera. Um, And I think mostly you can just view it as such. But, um, you know, I would say that looking more deeply into the theme, specifically in Halo 2, it's very much about kind of how the the destructive nature of religious fanaticism and uh, ultimately kind of religiously informed ignorance. Um, Because ultimately the story is stopping a group of religious fanatics from destroying the world in their ignorance. And of course in Halo 2, towards the end of Halo 2, turns out the people in charge of the Covenant know that the rings will destroy everyone, but they just perpetuate this lie that they are sacred rings that send you to heaven so that they can maintain power over the Covenant. So yeah, I would say that that is to the end of the religious themes but i would say largely i feel like they're just put in there to add extra weight and give the kind of space opera more of a kind of mythic feel no i mean like that just ending is like pretty thematically coherent that's that's very um the end of matrix 2 to me that's like yeah um I don't know, like, you were talking at first, and I was thinking, like, oh, so it's, like, a very anti-religion, like, oh, fanaticism is bad, like, kind of a a, a little bit of a reactionary take. And then um, you got to that part, and it became more of, like, a, oh, no, this is, like, a, a system where um, the people who are in power are 
like perpetuating a way of religious interpretation that serves power. Yeah. Which I think is a much more interesting way to go about it. Yeah. I would say it's it's far less a critique of religion so much as it is a critique of organized religion sure. and like um dogma. So, talk to me about um uh my my second question. My second question is uh, when the games came out how much were people engaging with those themes? Like, they sound pretty obvious, but I also remember gamers yeah. in the aughts. Oh, yeah, and no. It... Like, <laughs> this definitely... So, the religious symbolism is always what I have focused on and been drawn by, but it's by no means the main appeal. I think the main appeal was, uh, it's a game where you shoot people. And I think the main <laughs> appeal has always been the, the multiplayer as well. Um I do have great memories of Halo multiplayer and also incredibly toxic memories of Halo multiplayer. And yeah, so I think the the big draw of it is it's like, it's an FPS, you know? Um, And... And you got that gun that shoots needles or whatever. There's the... Oh, the needler is the sickest gun. Um, (laughs) I will say that now. It's the the best gun in the game. It's my favorite gun. There's um, a tank called the Warthog that you can drive? I don't know. I was 13 uh, Excuse once. me. The Warthog is not a fucking tank. All right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the Warthog is, it's it's a car. It's a big car. And it's got a machine gun on the back. Sometimes it has rocket launchers on the back. Sometimes it's got like a ray gun. But it's usually the machine gun. The tank is the Scorpion. Thank you very much. I'm so sorry. And um, yes, all of the... So the the kind of weapons and armaments in Halo, you can divide them quite cleanly into categories of being like UNSC, which is like human weapons and vehicles, and then Covenant, which is uh, the alien weapons and vehicles. But then also in Halo 2 and Halo 3, you've got the third category, which is the Brutes. But the Brutes are like part of the Covenant, but they their technology has a slightly different aesthetic. Um, but yeah, all of the, like, UNSC, uh, vehicles and vehicles are, like, named after animals, and then all of the Covenant ones are named after, are named after types of ghosts. So you've got, like, the Ghost, and the Banshee, and the Wraith, and in later games, the Revenant. Um, and then the Brute vehicles, I think, are just, they're just, like, verbs there's the prowler and the chopper the prowler prowls the chopper chops um so yeah how original yes i i think so um devs really hurt themselves coming up with those names (laughs) oh i can feel my brain bursting at the seams even (laughs) saying them so um I I have two options for, of where to go from here to like pivot into thinking about making a character. Mm. Um, one is either like just going over some of the characters that exist in the world already and notable ones so that we can springboard from there. Or the other is just talking to us about the setting and what you think would be interesting about making a character in this setting to you. Yes. So... I think when we discuss making, like, an OC, I feel like the first one, the first thing we have to mention is Halo Reach. Because Halo Reach, you actually kind of make an OC and play as them. Um, Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So Halo Reach, 
is a game that came out after Halo 3. And it was the conclusion of, like, Master Chief's story was Halo 3. That's what I'm going to say. It kept going in Halo 4, but I, I think that was... No. Um, but Halo Reach, you play as a different person. You play as Noble Six, who's a different Spartan. And what they... Everything about their identity is not actually defined. You basically choose their gender and you choose their armor permutations and what color they are. So that's that's the extent to which you create an OC Spartan in Halo Reach. Um, but I first Some real started... exciting character work they're doing there. Right, exactly. Um, so you can be a boy or a girl and you can have different armor and you can be whatever, your armor can be whatever color you like. I mean, just um, like in real life, really. Yeah. Um, so, but I first started playing Halo with Halo 3. In Halo 3, you could play as a Spartan in multiplayer, or you could play as an elite, which was one of the Covenant races, and the elites had this huge plot, which was arguably the main plot of Halo 2, which was um, the guy in charge of the elites, basically, the Arbiter, voiced by Keith David, um, who's got the most gorgeous voice in the world, I think. And, um, yes, that is correct. Thank you. And, um, yeah, he, uh, basically figures out the lie of the, of the Halo rings and stuff. And then the elites split off from the Covenant and they join up with the humans. And conveniently for the multiplayer, elites have very similar abilities to Spartans. So in Halo 3 and Halo 2 multiplayer, you can play as a Spartan or as an elite. So my first multiplayer, like, character that I made, because you make, like, a character that you play with in multiplayer, at least in Halo's, uh, Halo, like, 2 and onwards. And so my first character was an elite, so I think it could be interesting to make an elite OC. Elites are basically Klingons when I think about them. They have a cool look to them. They look kind of like giant lumbering lizard horsemen um, with weird mandibles. Um, and yeah, I always think elites are cool. Um, but then, you know, there's also the forerunners themselves. There have been forerunner characters in the games now. You know, there's characters like Cortana, iconic character, sassy and cool. She's a robot AI lady who is naked and purple, and there are other AIs like her, but she's the only one who's naked and purple. Hot um, AI ladies are collectively friends of the show. We love hot AI ladies. Yes. Yeah, so we could make a hot AI lady... Um, there's also, um, uh, personally, probably one of my favorite characters, 343 Guilty Spark, who is also an AI, but he's like a forerunner robot, and he's like oh, a little... Chalkus? Yes, that's him. And he's, um, yes, so Chakus was, uh, his name when he was a human, and then they made a robot based off of his personality called 343 Guilty Spark and Guilty Spark is uh, a fun little he's like C-3PO but he's um, a flying ball with an eye um, and he's cool he turns evil a couple of times um, but he's a cool character 
So we could have one of them, because there's multiple of those guys. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm probably centering more around Elite, because... It sounds like you're excited about Elite, yeah. So, yes, so who are some Elite characters that we have already? So the Arbiter um, is the big one. He is the second playable character in the Halo 2 campaign. So in Halo 2, you play half the game as Master Chief and half the game as the Arbiter. Um, and, uh, yeah, his whole thing is that in Halo 1, he was in charge of the Covenant forces, but obviously Master Chief won in Halo 1. So um, he gets punished by the Prophets, who are like the bosses of the of the Covenant, and is made into the Arbiter, which is this kind of suicidal warrior where he's put into this like kind of medieval looking armor and he's supposed to basically die in battle to redeem himself because he was dishonored by his failure and over the course of halo 2 he realizes the lie of the covenant in the great journey and leads the um elites in uh defecting from the covenant and going back to the religious themes um, you can definitely draw big comparisons between the Arbiter and Paul. His story is very much the road to Damascus, where like, you know, he's he's this warrior of of this religion and then converts. So if you're unfamiliar with Paul, Paul was, I believe, he was a Roman Christian hunter, and then on the road to Damascus, he was like, wait, no, actually, I should be a Christian, and then he became a Christian and was good. So I kind of see it's a the pretty short story. Being. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I see the Arbiter. The Arbiter's cool. Um, we don't have that many other elite characters in the main campaign. Uh, there is Shipmaster, who is um, uh, who's the Arbiter's pal, um, and he's in charge of the ships. And there are basically elite masters of everything like there's blade masters and uh i believe there's like um there's what grunt masters as well the grunts are like the little they're these little people that are like slaves to the covenant so there's a grunt master which is upsetting um halo infinite has quite a few elite characters that stand on their own because halo infinite is the newest game and the campaign of that is like an open world. There's loads of like boss characters and stuff. So we could have like a boss guy who's who's an elite of some sort. Like a like an enemy character that you would fight in the games, you're saying? Exactly, yes. You could have like an enemy character that you'd fight in the game. Okay, I'm thinking about like religious parallels because you're saying that like, um, mm. like there are direct comparisons of like... Is Master Chief Jesus, by the way? Is that... Okay, here's the interesting thing. <laughs> Not really. Okay. Um, you would assume with such a, like, Christian-theme-heavy uh, property that obviously the main character would end up being a kind of Christ figure. I think there's a few moments that some people point to that are, like, Christ figure, but there's no, like, crucifixion scene. He's not a big Christ figure. And the thing to remember about Halo is not all of the themes are Christian. I would say sure. if you've got any, like, character that you want to say this is who the Master Chief is supposed to be, he's less, he's more like King Arthur than Jesus. Okay. Uh, even though King Arthur isn't in the Bible. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the big thing is like his ending, like I was just thinking about earlier, the ending of Halo 3 is basically the ending of the like Arthurian tale of he's like the king in the mountain and he like dies, but he's not really dead. He's put away in the mountain and he will come back in in Britain's hour of need is the story of King Arthur. Um, and with Master Chief, at the end of Halo 3, if you defeat it on normal difficulty, the end of Halo 3, Master Chief seemingly dies. Uh, he gets left behind when the spaceship flies away and he gets left behind when there's a big explosion. Um, but then if you complete Halo 3 on legendary difficulty, it turns out that he survived and is adrift in space and Cortana um, puts him into cryosleep to be awoken when he is needed, which I think is a very, I think that's a clear parallel to King Arthur. Also the whole thing of like the Spartans being basically futuristic knights in shining armor yeah, I think there's lots of parallels you can draw between Master Chief and King Arthur, which I haven't seen people talking about before. That is my individual take. Okay, so I was going to pitch you on, like, okay, what if we did an elite character who is a Judas analog? But now Ooh. I'm thinking what's maybe more interesting is what if we do an elite character who is Morgana Le Fay? Mm. And so we do an analog for that. You mentioned and... both Judas and Morgana because, well, Morgana specifically, I think you can draw a line to Eve. And basically, I'm just going to say Cortana. Cortana is Eve. Okay. Um, that's all I'll gonna, I'm going to say about that. So, yeah, okay, a Morgana character. Because Halo does have a sore lack of female characters. There are no female elite characters, I believe. There's no female Covenant characters. I think the Covenant is generally assumed to be quite misogynistic because there are females of most of the Covenant species, but they don't go to war, they just stay at home. So I don't believe you ever meet any female elite characters in the game, which maybe maybe it's time for there to be one because we do know um, in more recent lore that after the elites defected from the Covenant, they have been changing some of their ideas around their gender roles. So maybe now we will see female elites and they're not just going to stay at home. It's 2023. Um, women in space yes. can girl boss. <laughs> yeah. And be yeah, evil. Alien women. Exactly. Alien women can, can be around. It's sort of a shame if there's like no women in Halo to make our woman um, evil, but... Uh, whatever, it's a post-Gone Girl world. I don't care. I can make a female villainous character. Or maybe we do the thing that a lot of people have done with Morgana Le Fay, um, which is that she's, like, ostensibly an antagonist, but also, like, kind of sympathetic and living in, like, a world, mm -hmm. like, coming from the Covenant, a place that is not kind to women and doesn't offer her a lot right. of options for getting yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Sounds like... But... I think we're focusing a lot on the fact that Morgana's a chick, but there's also other things about Morgana's... I feel like we've, we've left behind Judas and now it's Morgana. Um, so Morgana's whole thing is that 
well, she's kind of supposed to be the enemy of uh, King Arthur, I guess. She's a witch. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not really... Well, there's forerunner technology in Halo, which is the closest you can get to magic, I think, really. Um, maybe we could have, like, a, an elite character who is, like, a kind of forerunner artifact scientist who knows a lot about forerunner technology and has like forerunner weapons which were introduced in halo i like 4. that a lot mm. that's cool can i um, make a suggestion please do make your suggestion Devin. all right cool so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw in some like video game e-ness and my uh, yes. christian idea i had when we were tossing that around because my thought was jacob's ladder and if you guys don't know there's this motherfucker who falls asleep finds a ladder climbs it gets to heaven finds an angel goes hey dog give me a blessing the angel goes what jacob goes fuck you give me my blessing and they wrestle for like seven days and the angel's like fine have your blessing sweet jesus leave me alone which is rad so my idea is like morgana lefay if you're doing like the sympathetic thing it's like she through her machinations and scheming and the sun and all these things to take down arthur it's someone who has a long-term goal and the jacob's ladder thing is that goal is to climb the heaven and fight god right so what if we have a like supporting character the one who like upgrades your weapons because her goal is not to be the one to fight god it's to have you the player go do it oh that is so cool that is, yeah, that's pretty cool, especially considering that, like, Halo Infinite, I don't think Halo Infinite has weapon upgrades, but, like, it's, like, an open-world game. I can imagine future games having weapon upgrades and stuff. Yeah, we, we're imagining some future game in which this character exists and is doing yeah. doing your weapon upgrading um, because oh, she wants so you to fight and kill God, which sounds like a little bit of a sinister sort of an end goal but maybe that's right yeah either part of it like we come to understand that maybe the thing that we're fighting for in the game is not actually as noble as we thought because you know story structure or it could be that it's like she wants this for a reason that is not the same as the reason that you want the main quest but you're like Mm. forced to work together or not forced to work together but your 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 goals temporarily align even if she wants it for reasons that maybe you don't fuck with as much that is cool and another thing it reminds me of is, so we've talked about, like, the f- uh, forerunner technology possibly being a stand-in for Morgana's magic. Like, uh, I'm reminded of in Halo 2, the main bad guy was a brute called Tartarus. And he um, was really mean to Guilty Spark. He would, like, grab him and, like, throw him around and call him a piece of shit. And um, I'm just imagining that if there's this, like, elite weaponsmith who will, like, upgrade your weapons, but she upgrades them with, like, forerunner tech, and the way she does it is she has, like, a forerunner installation monitor, like Guilty Spark, who helps her, but she, like, treats him like shit because she hates the forerunners. She hates God and wants you to kill them. So here's my question, then. Why does she hate God and want you to kill them? Mm. If she's like she's an expert in the field, she's like she hates yeah. the thing that she's an expert in. That's interesting. Where does that come from? I think the the place that we're currently at 
in the Halo timeline is not that far after the events of like the Great Schism, which was when the elites defected from the Covenant. So it makes sense that potentially she was within the Covenant and was learning about the Forerunners to like help on the great journey of like activating the Halo rings, but then maybe was like massively diehard on the side of the Arbiter when he was like, the great journey is a lie. Because also the Arbiter was not the first guy to be like, this is bullshit. The first mission you play as the Arbiter on, you are sent to kill another elite who is a rebel that is saying the great journey is a lie. So maybe she joined that original rebel group and was like, right? That's kind of what I'm thinking, that she was really angry, not with the prophets, but with the forerunners themselves for creating the halo rings as these giant super weapons. You can't see it, but I'm nodding. Yeah. There you go. I'm making her nod. That's a good sign. <laughs> um, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good concept. This feels pretty coherent to me already. It's pretty solid. So the most important thing, and I'm thinking in like Halo 3 terms, her ar- what her armor looks like and what color it is, I think is really important in Halo. Appearance is important. Yeah, we talk, uh, every every character, yeah. we gotta come up with an appearance for them and a vibe for them. And the, the other thing mm. that we also really need um, is we need to work in one of these um, uh, Chekhov's objects from mm. from our little list that we've sent you. Yeah. See, cause so, and what? So some of these are really easy, like a gun or a sword. These are both things that like elites use. Um, but then other things like a training bra. Female elites, as far as I understand, do not have boobies and would therefore have no need for training right. bras. Some of these are straight up silly. I think the idea is that we work in one of these that it feels plausible. It wouldn't break mm-hmm. the world, but it doesn't necessarily feel already implied like the way a gun does. Like obviously right, this character exactly. has a gun. She I don't want to go. I don't want to go for an easy one. We could bend the rules a bit and say that this like monitor that she has this forerunner monitor she has is a talking animal sidekick, but I don't think he counts as an animal because he's a robot. Um, I like the idea of the silver bullet. Um, that could be cool. Maybe she gives you like special ammo that, cause a lot of the forerunner stuff. So in terms of aesthetics, all of the, um, like human technology is like army green or gray mostly. Um, and then all of the Covenant stuff is, like, this, like, shiny purple metal. And then the Forerunner stuff is, like, I, you could say it's silver or, like, a kind of brushed steel. It's shiny and it's silver in color. Um, so maybe she gives you, like, special Forerunner bullets that are silver bullets. There you go. I like that, and if I may make a suggestion on Silver yeah. Bullet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, a Silver Bullet is just device to kill werewolf at end of movie, right? And you can be loose with how yeah. that works. So if her goal is get you kill God, and it's very anime, then the Silver mm-hmm. Bullet is less about literally being silver 
and more so about like you know when you get to the end of persona 5 and you summon the max persona and you read the description and it just says a bullet that can kill god (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) no i was thinking the same thing it feels like it feels like silver bullet wants to be in this case um uh not necessarily like oh the bullet is literally silver although maybe it is but as much as it is like oh this is a bullet that she keeps on her person as like the 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 final upgrade she's like i'm not going to give you the i have this one from the beginning of the game and i'm going to give it to you as your one final shot when you're about to go into kill um the the big boss whom i hate personally um and then that's mm. like a mission where you get like one bullet for your for your final kill oh that's so sick and um Sorry, while we're talking about, like, the killing god thing, um, I think that uh, something we should circle back to is the dual identity of god in Halo, right? Okay. The Forerunners are the gods of the Covenant, right? Who built the Halo rings. Obviously, in reality, the gods... The, the forerunners were not gods, they were just an ancient race of people who created the Halo rings to destroy the Flood. If you're looking for a Christ figure, you can say that the entire forerunner race is Jesus Christ. Because they seem to be a god, but were actually a man. I don't know. Um, sure, yeah. And so, but there's also the Flood, who are the, like, the big enemy that the Halo rings were created to destroy. And the Flood we're getting into deep lore here, were originally the Precursors, who came before the Forerunners, and literally are God. Um, They're also an ancient race, but they were able to, like, control all of the laws of physics. I think they created the Forerunners and the humans as well. And um, basically, the Forerunners got Larry, they started a war, war in heaven, and um, the precursors went into hibernation and in their hibernation they mutated and became the flood and that's what i meant at the beginning when i said the flood are literally the wrath of god because they're kind of the precursors twisted into this monstrous form that exists to destroy um the forerunners oh that's really cool Um, right that's why i said it was underrated it's really cool and um so you could say that and also the flood are a fantastic enemy that has not been very present in the later halo games and i would love to see them come back so maybe when it's she's into fighting god maybe she hates the forerunners and wants to fight the forerunners but maybe it's especially that she really really hates the flood and I uh, know one idea is that maybe this silver bullet is a special bullet you have that can destroy the flood or maybe it's the silver bullet that the forerunners developed which is the index which is the key that activates the halo rings and wipes out the flood and as i'm saying that i'm thinking it could be both where you have a bullet that is literally the index and you have it in like a sniper rifle and you're supposed to shoot it into the keyhole to activate the Halo ring at the Has end that of the game. somehow not been done in all of the Halo games? It already? has not been done. Incredible. It has not been done as far as I'm aware. Then we have to, the... it seems like. It seems like such an intuitive plot beat that you would include. There you go. 
I also have an idea that I feel yes. will get thrown away, but I would just like to say, what if the bullet does... Amber, you can't see it, but I'm looking at you through the phone. What if the bullet does a family side on the flood? I... <sighs> <laughs> like, like that's sort of what activating the that's sort of what activating the halo ring is supposed to be right is i mean it uh, is is it's a super nuke and it destroys the whole flood so it it is sort of supposed to do familicide I mean, on the flood I, that's one and the same thing yeah this is just, this is a bit for no one but me, because I added it to the part where Amber didn't spoil something from Oots so much, I just said, fuck it, and I googled it, and I was like, huh, that's dark. Yeah. I see. Well, um, I don't know what that is. Devin, you'll have to, you'll, you'll have to tell me what this is all about after, after we're done recording. Alright. Go watch the Order of the Stick episode, it's pretty good. Okay. Um uh so And will will the information definitely be in that episode? No. It specifically well, will not make, be. Don't make a girl a promise if you know you can't keep it. What color is Damn. her armor? That's the question on the table, isn't it? My first thought is pink. Pink. Don't know why. Okay. That's so that's so Barbie to me. That's so like interesting for Sorry. the vibe of this character because it feels like our character so far has felt very serious and dedicated and mm. um uh giving her i don't know some kind of like a high femme sensibility with Maybe. pink armor but then, um i guess another side someone to never played with genocide barbie <laughs> i love genocide barbie she's my favorite barbie. i think the barbie movie um. will probably be out by the time this episode airs um, and I'm really curious oh, I'm so how this hyped. section gets received. I'm so hyped to see it. I'm so hyped to see it. Well, I think it sounds like we're currently thinking Barbie pink, but after saying pink, I immediately thought a kind of pinkish purple is the color of the covenant. So maybe mm. she wouldn't want that color. Who knows? But I think pink could be cool. Well, I mean, I'm not married to it. We can we can give her something else mm. if you like, because... If there, like, already is color significance in the game, we can lean into that for either doing yeah. it in the expected way that makes sense or doing it in a way that complicates it, and that's interesting as well. I will say, though, that even though pink is a prominent color of, like, Covenant vehicles and weapons, it isn't a color that you see any of the elites within the Covenant wearing. All the elites within the Covenant are, like... Uh, their armor is blue or red or orange or gold. So Okay, so my my pitch, my thought then, is we go a a dual color color scheme of pink and yes. silver. Um and the pink is like Sick. a personality thing and also to indicate that she's a girl because it's Halo and we gotta yes. indicate that she's a girl by having her wear pink armor. But then also there's silver because partly it's an interesting color scheme, pink and silver, but partly also because then that foreshadows her like eventual role in the end of the game mm. of giving you a silver bullet. That is sick. Okay, I just wanted to double check. Uh Covenant pink a lot and covenant equal god in this right am i am i like those are i'm correct now right? the, the covenant are the uh religious fanatics that follow a false religion okay 
is there a color associated with the god? So the uh, the color I'd say most associated with the forerunners is probably like either silver or like a pale blue. Okay, because I was going to say she wears their color and it's uh, the end of Princess Mononoke and or the Brian David Gilbert Sonic video wherein either you can kill God or you are a God. And frankly, I do not care if there is a difference. And if you save God and or kill it by the end of the movie, God prays to you. And if you set things in motion to kill God, baby boy, <laughs> you're God. That color isn't theirs anymore. It's yours. <laughs> I love that. So we're um, definitely thinking silver then. Yeah, there's definitely got to be silver. I mean, we could go we could go pink, blue, and silver, but I feel like that's dangerously close to the trans that's colors. That's just a trans flag, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like we can leave pink behind. I'm not married to pink, I'm fine with pink, that. Frankly. That's fine. I think, yeah, I think the, the blue and the silver is good. There are now two women um, in the Halo universe, and both of them are blue. Yes. Cortana was originally purple. I liked her when she was purple. Um, but I guess she was good blue as well. But which is the primary color? The blue or the silver? I think blue because the, the silver's an allusion to the bull at the end, so it's a little hidden. It's a little Easter egg detail for nerds. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, and then... I like this. I think the last thing that I really feel a strong need to know is, like, personality. What does she like to interact with so during far, the game i've been i've been imagining her as like really bitchy <laughs> um yeah like just you know she has this like tiny robot that she abuses yeah i'm just imagining her as being like kind of grouchy i guess like you come into her weaponsmith for a weapon and she's like you need another fucking weapon what's wrong with you like ah. Oh, you 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 ran out of bullets, you fucking weakling. Like the devs Try definitely just want a powerful woman to be mean to them, um, and they've put it in the game. Right. Sort of a situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's what I've been imagining so far for for her character. But I, I don't know, I feel like we should maybe play more into the fact that she's this weaponsmith. I'm feeling maybe she needs to have more of a a kind of she's really fucking into the weapons right like my she's she's a gunner was yeah big gunner but my thought was like the rudeness comes out because you come in and it's like hey i uh i busted the gun on a rock and she's like you did what to my babies and then, like, yeah. she cares so much about the guns that the, your dumbass shoot-shoot-all-gun not giving it the right oil rub, it's rusted, just fucking infuriates her. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. And then, like, probably an extraordinary amount of pride in her voice when she actually talks about the upgrades that she does give you. Like, yes. very protectively, like, take care of this, it's so, like... It's such a cool upgrade. I'm so cool for giving you this upgrade. If you fuck it up, I'm going to be mad at you forever. And then she is mad at you forever. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's really cool. Are we ready to move on to name? Yeah, I feel like what's her name is the next is the next question. So I feel like, I feel like her title, at least, along the lines of like Shipmaster, Blademaster, she should be Gunmaster. 
I just think that's a cool name. Yeah, is that is um, that the whole name? Do they have like follow up names so or like? They also have their own name conventions within the elite race. So like the Arbiter is his title, but his actual name is Thelvadam, and I can't remember the other elite names. They have apostrophes in them, and there's lots of thuz and vuz. I'll have a look at a list of like Sangili names. Sangili is the Sangili name for elites. I'm just gonna vamp while you're googling and we work out how to make dumb sci-fi sounding name. But G- Gunmaster is such a the fucking artist responsible. Uh, yeah, the artist directly responsible for fucking <laughs> Dark Siders. <laughs> like every comic he ever made wants a character to be named the Gunmaster. Dude. Darksiders is sick. I love Darksiders. It's rad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the elites have names like Ripper Morami and Urtas Vadam. That's the name of Shipmaster, I believe, is Urtas Vadam. Also known as, um, oh, what's the other name he has? He's, um, because he's got like a missing mandible, they call him something. Um, it might not be Urtasvadam I'm thinking of. But yeah, other names include Zaitan Jarwatanri and <laughs> Sorry. Isna Nasoli. One guy that's just called Rock. Tankmaster Rock. He seems cool. He's very skilled at driving wraiths, which are the Covenant tanks. Um... So yeah, that's the kind of naming conventions. I'm thinking something along the lines of like Dentha Elawar. That sounds good to me. Or maybe I, got no I don't objection. know. I would I would object and say Dentha Lowar if that's good. Dentha Lowar the Gunmaster. That's the name of the episode yes. that you're listening to everyone. Excellent. You knew I it from the you... beginning of the episode, but we're just finding it out now. I hope you enjoyed Dentha Lawar, the Gunmaster. There we go. We've got her. She's got her so silver we bullet. Go on to the segment I introduced for season two, or is it one fun fact a piece first? We do. Um, that's a good question. We haven't standardized this yet. Um. What is the extra bit of season two? Let's do it right now. Time for. And. In Yowie Art, the semi. It was fun. Their relationship is cute, damn it! I ship that. Time for I ship it. The part of the podcast wherein we talk about the sexuality that would apply to this character and or how we feel they would be shipped within the wider community of the Haloverse. So, what fanfics are people writing about uh, the Gunmaster? Oh, I just remembered. This, I'm so happy that we didn't make a Spartan. Because Spartans experience something akin to chemical castration in the, like, operation to become a Spartan. So they couldn't fuck. So now we've made a character who can and does. It would make it very difficult. Or it would actually make it very easy, I think, to do this section if it was a character who uh, did not feel any desire to fuck. Because we would just say, oh, this character doesn't feel any desire to fuck. Um, But some people write fanfics where they get so horny by someone that they do want to fuck. And that's hot of it. Yeah. I was gonna say, the the shipping fandom 
of Halo does not care about the chemical castration of Spartans. <laughs> That's retconned in the in the slash fix. But yes, well, my first thought when we mentioned this was shipping Dentha with the um, uh, the forerunner monitor that she abuses, and I realized we never gave said monitor a name. Um, do we want to do that, or is it a situation where she? disrespects the monitor so much that she just calls him monitor yeah no you nailed it that's hot nailed yeah it right uh, yeah, there you yeah. go <laughs> that. She, she she was... yeah there you go. <laughs> amber i'm pointing at you through the phone and laughing what what devin <laughs> yeah so i think the main shipping would be her and monitor i totally agree um also her and master chief trying to think of what other oh her and the arbiter you know the other important the, the other, other important, important character the other important elite i think um yeah I, I, there is people are horny for this character yes definitely I think i'm horny for this the, character i feel like most of the shipping is going to be dentha x reader um i agree yeah. You, the listener, will be shipped with Dentha. Subscribe to the Patreon where you can get domed by the gunmaster. <laughs> I think that my hot take is that um Dentha really wants um to present very ambiguous about how much and who she fucks, and it becomes this, like, guessing game of, like, okay, either she, um, has never fucked before, or she has fucked every person she's ever encountered, and you can't tell which yeah. it is, um, when in fact, actually, she's just had, like, a totally normal amount of sex. <laughs> yes, I love that. I personally ship Dempho with whoever was voiced by Keith David. That's my OTP for Halo. Oh, the Arbiter. I ship myself with the Arbiter. I will say that. <laughs> oh, I love OCX Canon. It's so much fun. Mm. Well, that, that is feels like an a amazing segment to add. Of I ship it. <laughs> okay, so uh, then our last thing is one fun fact a piece about this character. We all go around, everybody comes up with one like detached fun fact about the Gunmaster. Well, I guess I'll start because I spoke first. Sure. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that a fun fact about her is um, that she loves cheesy nachos. She's become accustomed to human foods and just cannot get enough of cheesy nachos. I think that's a great fun fact. I think that's so charming. You have this like really <laughs> bitchy character who gets disarmed for the cheesy fucking nachos. <laughs> All right, I got mine. If you, like, ultra beast max level take no damage have optimized, like, everything, like, just max level efficient play, she's very nice to you because you respect her baby. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Amber Alton, we're waiting on I know, honey. I'm thinking, I always take a long time to come up with, there's always like a long pause and then we edit it out every time. Um, it's insider baseball, it's going to be a long pause away. here. <laughs> and you're not going to hear about it because you're just going to hear the edit at the end, other end of it. 
Oh, by the way, the the halo line that I wanted to shoehorn into this episode was the bit where I said, don't make a girl a promise if you know you can't keep it. Oh, and you did. I did. You did work it in there. Love that line. It's my favorite line in, I think, possibly everything ever. I do think Dentha is so much better of an OC than I could have ever imagined. I didn't know where this one was going to land. Um, and we do a bit to close out seasons where we rank... We, we rank the OCs, and yeah, Dent is, Dent is a, an upper crust OC. Oh yeah. S-tier. So, an interesting thing about the Flood, which I think is cool, is that they are very untraditional as zombies broadly, but in one way, they are similar to very traditional zombies in that they eat brains. Um, and... I am wondering, with the amount of time it is taking Ambers to whir around, has a flood eaten her brain? You know what, Chloe? I don't appreciate this. Get fucking roasted. (laughs) Get fucking roasted. I bring you onto my podcast. (laughs) Okay, so thank you so much for having me on. I'm appreciative. (laughs) We're glad you're here. Here's my. Here's I think. You know, not making any claims to where our character lives, but in the ge- in the course of the game that you're playing with her, you mostly interact with her in one place that's like a, you know, a base of operations or whatever. And she's made her home in what clearly used to be like a cathedral, but I think that all of the like stained glass is smashed out and replaced with like computer screens. Um, and you can like see the wreckage of that and like, like the, like any of the places where you can see where it would used to have a big religious import um has been torn down and replaced with some kind of like manufacturing equipment um you can clearly tell that it used to be a, a cathedral um but it has been totally gutted and replaced with this other thing i love the cathedral fight in dead space yeah. too <laughs> also, I love environmental storytelling picture of the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's great. And also, there are... Oh, I don't know if the map was called Cathedral, but there... Maybe it was called Temple or something. But there are, like, forerunner buildings that are built to kind of resemble religious buildings by the, like, map designers. So, because I was just thinking, if this is on a Halo ring, why would there be a human cathedral, but it could be a a cathedral fitting within the halo ring, which I think we don't see enough of, and it's a great environment, and it would be lovely to see it torn apart and replaced with computer screens. That's perfect. And then we have a pre-established place that you can show has changed over time. You get to revisit it, but it's different and recontextualized now. Oh, shit. And also in the multiplayer, um, her, like, den is a multiplayer map. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between feels like an episode. That feels like, no? yeah, it sure does. I like Dentha. It does. I am getting episode feelings, yes. Um, thank you for joining us for this week's episode oh, of Original like Podcast. Your yeah. People, yes, thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute pleasure. Um, uh, is there anywhere that you want to be able to find? Are there any projects you want to plug? Anything like that? No, I'm not very online. Okay, good. That's great. I love that for you. <laughs> I love that for me as well. Uh, do you want to reintroduce yourself then one more time before we sign out? Yes. I am I am Chloe. 
Uh, I'm not an expert on Halo, but I know a decent chunk and I've done lots of overanalysis <laughs> of it. And I have no online presence. So there we go. I'm going to disappear into the void once again. I'm so glad you came on. Thank you for joining us. Um, Thank you so much once again. Uh, everyone listening. And speaking um, of disappearing into the void. <laughs> The topic Amber will try and fail to get us to talk about next week will be Gem and the Holograms, which hasn't had a new adaptation in years, baby. But but we will actually be talking about The Wire. Oh, fuck yeah. I haven't watched The Wire, but I'm glad to be talking about it because it's been on my two watch list for like literally a decade now. Um, uh, thank you for listening. Please like, drop us a like, drop us a comment, drop us a review, and drop by our uh, gift shop uh, where you can buy copies of the Holy Bible. And uh, that's it. I think, right? Bye. 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 Bye.